Hey everybody, welcome to the Climbing Sycamores podcast, uh, where we look at today's topics to get a better view of Christianity. I'm Annie Beagie, and I'm joined by my friends Ben Sadler and Matt Harbach. All right, I am recording. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. Today's episode of the Climbing Sycamores podcast is brought to you in part by Annie's hairstylist, who keeps her hair purple. (laughs) Hey, Nicole. We salute you. We know it's an uphill battle. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. Anywho, um, so we're just going to kind of dedicate this podcast to kind of one topic. Um, Anybody want to? Well, Matt, you were the one who who said we've talked about gender and sexual orientation and things like that in the past. Uh, But you brought up a documentary that's getting a lot of traction right now. Um, What is a woman by Matt Walsh uh, from the daily wire, a conservative, uh, I don't know what you'd call him. Media outlet, media outlet. And uh, so we all watched it and we were going to give our response to it and talk about a few other things. So, yeah, Matt, why did you want to discuss this, first of all? What kind of brought... I I I, uh, I had, uh, like, seen ads for it and all this, and I knew when it came out, and I, I, I knew what it was going to be about, and I guess I knew... I Like, I knew exactly what it was going to be about, which is, like, part of me wanted to see it, but part of me was like, I already know what this is going to be. Um, the thing is, like, and, and um, I will say there's, there's you know, some, some clever and, and really not so clever, not so subtle editing that goes into it. Of course. Um, so we need to let people know we're, you know, we are capable and we're looking for these biases and we're, we're, we yeah. recognize where, what the media outlet is, who Matt Walsh is. We, like, we recognize yeah. these things and understand that there is bias there. Right. And there's, and they're, they are not trying to be coy or subtle whatsoever about their agenda. Which which is fair, right? Better better to just say exactly what you're trying to do rather than kind of be subtly manipulative about it. Um, but uh, they, you know, that you can't. You, the bottom line is you can't make this stuff up. There's a lot you can do with editing, and you can you can you know insert music and and the mood lighting and all that. And you can and you can make someone look kind of bad. But at the end of the day. There are people that thoroughly believe that basically they can't answer the question, what is a woman? Yeah, why don't we give a, just a brief yeah, explanation yeah. Yeah. of what the documentary sure. was all about. So Matt Walsh is a conservative talk show host, basically, and uh, he, he writes this documentary. It's called What is a Woman? And so he finds people from all walks of life, experts in different fields, and he talks to them about gender gender identity, specifically the transgender controversy, basically. And and ultimately he asks them the question, what is a woman? And it's it's really interesting because on the one hand, everyone says they know what a woman is, and it seems really obvious. And and there are transgender people who are born male that say, no, I feel like I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. And so they take hormones or just, they don't, sometimes they don't even do surgery. Sometimes they just dress that way and they act like what they think a woman would act like because they feel like they'd be more comfortable that way. The thing is, is no one will actually define what a woman is. And it, it could very well also be called what is a man. It, it really doesn't make a difference. But the point is that 
there are there are people who are considered experts in their fields. There are people who are doctors. There are people that are surgeons. There are pediatricians, counselors, counselors, therapists. They are experts, and they are they can't answer the question. They can say, if you feel like a woman, then you are a woman, but they don't actually know how to define what a woman it's is. It's circular logic is what it is. It's, it's really terrifying, <laughs> to be honest. You can't, you can't say, I am a woman because I identify as a woman. Which is what the answer usually is, by right, the way. Right, right, right. And, and then you say, well what, well, what is that? What do you mean? Well, I'm a, I'm a woman. Well, what is a woman? Well, it's, I am one because I identify as one. Like, what, what is the logic there? you can't pick the criteria. And and the I mean the ridiculous thing is is that it, it, if there were really no such thing as gender, then why would there be such a thing as transgender to aspire to? There I, can't be yeah. both. There really can't be both, and there also can't be there. There has to be neither in that case. In which case, there, like, <laughs> you can't have a, you can't have two genders and then say I'm transgender. I'm switching from one to the other. If there isn't a such thing as gender, if there are no actual criteria, if it's whatever you feel like, then what are you changing from and what are you changing to? Right, right. You're changing from nebulous point A to nebulous point B, but neither of those things are clearly defined. So you're not actually changing anything. And yet we take drugs, we do surgery, we stress about our pronouns, we, we stress, we get really anxious about our, 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 our gender identities. As if, but that, you know, but, but what is that? And that's, that's the point of the documentary. Well, I think some, something I was kind of reading to um, a way to kind of categorize this, you know, we've got biological sex, which is the, the anatomy, yes. you know, we have gender, which is how do you identify? We have orientation, which is who are you attracted to? Mm-hmm. And then we have roles and behaviors, like how are you presenting yourself? So you have these kind of four sure. components that are all working, um, you know, and and, and that, yeah. that that need de- definition in each individual. So I think that's kind of like some of the the the, the focal right. points. And, and like the sexual orientation one, um, that that one is, I mean, that one's pretty obvious. There are people that are attracted to an opposite gender. There are some people that are attracted to the same gender, um, but. I think that definitely gets wrapped up in it because it's very it's very complicated and it's very there's a lot of layers and levels to it. Well, so I I it was interesting I went to a conference a couple of weeks ago um Yarhouse was one of the presenters he's a internationally recognized psychologist uh, Mark Yarhouse he's written quite a few books on transgender and, and things like that. And he brought up some statistics and, and, and some realities that in, in any population from history, the best that they can uh, see is that point, well, here's what the statistics say, 0.5% of Gen X, 0.1% of boomers um, have gender dysphoria. And Def- Will you define that? Well, gender dysphoria, kind of what you were saying, where you, you're a biological male, but yet you, you feel like you're you're a like you should have you, female parts and yeah, you're a female you don't you don't feel like you don't feel that you belong in your own body. You don't the, your your body doesn't seem to match how you feel, and um and he said this is you know cross cultures, this is cross generations, like 
Uh, one unique thing is those numbers, you know, so 0.1% of boomers, 0.5% Gen X. Now you get to Gen Z and millennials and that number doubles. Now we're 2% of the population and even more. Now we're talking, you know, much higher numbers of people who are identifying. And so he was talking, you know, is this kind of almost like a, a contagious thing where people are <laughs> jumping on a bandwagon where they really don't have those same, those same things. But so I think we need to have compassion um, that some people, they wake up and they, whether this starts early on in their, in, in their life or later on, but they just don't feel comfortable. He also said in the presentation that for, and, I, and this it came up in the documentary, for in the documentary, I think it said 90% of people, once they get through puberty, so much of this goes away. And I want to reinforce that statistic with something I read from from the Kinsey Institute website itself. So Alfred Kinsey was a doctor who is uh, featured in this documentary, um, What is a Woman? And uh, pretty horrific stuff um, if you look at uh, the origins, I think, you know, of, of how uh, the research that he conducted and the lengths that he went to to get um, just just Google table 34. I don't feel like I need to get into it because it makes me physically ill. Um, but anyway, directly from the Kinsey Institute website, 12 to 27 percent of children continue to experience gender dysphoria as adults. So in other words, what you're saying, at least as far as I'm understanding it, is supporting that yeah. roughly 90 percent of people. I mean, this is oh, kind mm -hmm. of a big range, 12 to 27 percent, roughly 90 percent of people come out on the other, you know, out of puberty and don't continue to feel this mm -hmm. dysphoria. Right. And that's directly from the Kinsey Institute website. Which so is why, very affirming. Which is very affirming, very liberal with regard to, to uh, transgendered. Yeah. And, and, and so why on earth are we giving adolescent, adolescents hormones yeah. and puberty blockers when we see right here from your own website that let's go 70% come out, you know, without yeah. having any problems, uh, without having, I don't want to say problems, but ha without having gender dysphoria. Right. Why are we doing this? So Mark Yarhouse, he's, he, he, he would say that there's, I hope I'm quoting him right, that there are three different lenses that, that people in our society look at LGBTQ, um, topics, especially when it comes to transgenderism. Um, he would say one is the integrity approach where um, it I identifies some, um, you know, that, that gender dysphoria is, is, is a, is goes against scripture, goes against how we were designed. And so if you look at, if you, if you have the integrity approach, you would see this as part of the fallenness of, of creation. Um, then there's the disability approach that you know, just like some people have disabilities, like uh, bad eyesight or, you know, whatever other kind of disability they might have, somebody has a gender dysphoria disability, also kind of connection with the fall. And then he says a third way to look at this is the diversity approach. And we have, I would say, at least 50 years or, or more. Um, diversity approach would, would say put these people in categories um, that are to be celebrated. So uh, just like, you know, we would celebrate people of different races or different skill sets. And, and man, we just have a diverse population. Um, we would say, oh, this is just part of the diversity. That's what. The, the, and so 
if you have the diversity approach and you think these things are fixed, hey, this is a transgender person, that's just who they are, I'm going to affirm as much as I can, even to the point of giving them drugs and, and things like that, um, I think we can see how that, because there is no idea that there, there, there's anything we should resist in our life, uh, because it doesn't connect with, uh, that's what God's Word says. God's Word says there are things about us that are messed up because of the fall of sin, and there are some things that we're just going to have to fight and work through, and not everything we should affirm in our in our in ourselves. So, I think that's where it comes from. But yeah, what do you think? Well, I get. I guess I think even even if you are not a Christian and don't sure um, you know abide by that or don't don't believe in that, I I, I don't know. My brain is my brain is running at a mile a minute, and I can't keep my thoughts straight. <laughs> it it uh, in in part it falls onto. Um, I guess what is generally called postmodernist philosophy, which is that there is no, there is no absolute truth. There sure. is no, there is no one truth. Right. And one of the one of the things that's brought out in the in the documentary is is the interviewer Matt Walsh says like you know I'm just trying to find the truth because people th- this is where I was gonna go. Yeah. People say why does this matter? Why does it matter right. what gender how I feel or identify? Yeah, and so he says I'm just trying to find the truth. And he equates the truth to reality, which, which is really interesting because if you are someone who says there is no truth, then are you also saying there is no reality or is reality whatever you bend it to be? And I brought this up to Annie. Um, if someone like, let's say I um, was, was sexually abusing a minor and I get convicted for that, can I say, actually, I'm with, let's say I'm with a 17-year-old girl. I say, well, actually, I identify as, I identify as a 13-year-old boy. If anything, she was abusing She's me. She's culpable. Yeah. And, how, and if, that's, if that's really your worldview and that's really what you want to base your laws on, how are you supposed to combat that? I, no, I deeply feel that I am a 13-year-old trapped in in a 24 year old's body sometimes i do actually feel that (laughs) my sense of humor anyway um but but it's it's this like it's 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 trying to be compassionate it's trying to say hey i'm not here to tell you what to do man you do whatever you want to do at the same time you you can't actually follow that train of reasoning very far before it starts butting heads with the law and quite frankly reality you can't escape you know, you you can't you can't just oh I'm not here and that makes you not here. You you are here. I think that's what makes the ministry of Jesus so incredible. Is he had a way of speaking the truth in love. And if you don't have truth, you have no love. And if you don't have love, um, you use your truth to hurt people. And unfortunately, that's what's happened in our society. Is you know. You see somebody's hurting, you know, they're, they have gender dysphoria, and, and there's compassion there. But if you don't have truth there, then you think, well, I'm just going to affirm everything to the point where it's actually hurting people, and we're not, we're not looking at what actually happens 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road when, when this happens. So I don't know, what do, you, what do you think it would look like to speak the truth, to live the truth in love, um, in today's world 
Well, I, I do think that, and I, you know, one thing I, I do believe, and well, at least I hope that, you know, some of these people that were uh, interviewed, you know, some of these counselors, doctors, mm-hmm. scientists, I hope and I believe that they, they believe that they are helping right. these people, right. you know, just like we would also want to help and have compassion right. and, and support and walk with these people. And I think that they also believe that they're doing it, but it's just two totally different approaches and to- two totally opposing approaches. So I don't, I don't know if I have a, an exact answer. I, I do think everybody here is trying to help and like the intention right. is all the same, but the, the, the method is just... Right, and I think it it comes from that worldview that um, we talked a little bit about this before too. And, and w- one of the guys that was interviewed uh, was Carl Truman, who wrote that book on uh, the our emerging uh, identities and uh, the, uh, 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 and and how we look at ourselves. And he talks about how personhood has been raised up as my only goal as a person is to be happy. And then he also talks about um, how Freud says our greatest happiness is sexual fulfillment. And so you put those two together that our whole goal of a human, a human being is to be happy, and our greatest happiness is sexual fulfillment. And in fact, our identity is in our sexuality or how we feel sexually. That's our core identity. And so th- I think that's why people come to that conclusion, like these doctors saying, I am helping, I'm being compassionate if I'm helping this person fulfill their sexual identity and becoming sexually fulfilled, because that's the core of what Freud said we were. Um, I think the Christian message is you're not just who you want to sleep with, you're not just your feelings, and the goal of life is not just to be happy. Uh, the goal of life is to follow Jesus and to fulfill your role of loving God and loving people. And that's actually, you're actually going to feel happy when you fulfill that. And there's parts of us that all of us are going to have to struggle against, that we're all going to have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow me. Uh, that's, what, that's what Jesus said. You know, t- talking about um, you know, the example that you use, Matt, you know, like when it comes to child abuse, I think still we would say, I don't care if that's what you feel, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So there is a line. There is a line. The line just keeps getting moved as to the the place where we say you just can't do that. There's just there's just no <clears throat> there's just a refusal to follow these thoughts to their conclusion. And that that's what happens when you don't have a grounding in 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 reality. You're not even trying to find a reality. You can't follow these thoughts very far down any rabbit hole because they all just start intersecting and opposing and contradicting themselves. And and like exactly the the child abuse thing like so you're really gonna say that's okay? No, of course not. I hope not. But you can't. And and that's you know and that's the other bothersome part in the documentary is um, there are three basic arguments they make when he says what is a woman and one of them is oh, well a woman is someone who identifies as a woman and they just talk in circles. That's right. It's so ridiculous. It's, it's oh it's if you identify as a woman. Well, what do you identify as? A, a, a woman. What is that? It's a woman. The other, the, the second one is, why do you care? Why does it, why do you care so much? I don't, why, why do you even care? That's also not a valid response. And the third one is, you're stirring up hatred. You're, you're making people feel uncomfortable, yeah. which is also not addressing the issue. And this is what 
Oh man, lose my microphone here. Okay, let's just go with this. So you, ha- so yeah, the hate, the hatred thing. Yeah, I, I think you know this is part of the critical theory that they came out of colleges back in the 1970s where it's now it's not about right or wrong but it's about power struggles and it's not about making a strong case for the truth it's about a marginalized group whatever that is however you can you can find find a way to put yourself in a marginalized group and overthrowing um the power structure whatever that is by canceling by intimidating protesting and so you you think about all the people who've lost their jobs lost their businesses because they haven't affirmed this or they had questions about it um so it's just too bad because at in the middle of this there's probably somebody really hurting there's probably some there is somebody who's confused um but we're actually not helping that person because the conversation gets shut down the only answer is affirming and the only answer is to keep going down this road no matter what it does to the actual person. Yeah, I mean, and that's the that's the, the tragedy is that's the person that's getting hurt the most. Right. It's not the people who are speaking out against it who are getting canceled. I mean, the person who's actually suffering the most is the person who's already confused, mm-hmm. already hates themselves because mm-hmm. they don't feel like they're even supposed to be who they are. Right. And now they're getting terrible advice. And the suicide rates are extremely high, and they don't change after you transition. They actually get worse. Yeah. Like you, pe- when people take hormones and they transition, that makes it worse. And, and the, the counter-argument is, well, it's because society refuses to accept them, so we have to try even harder. Yeah. It's not helping. Right. It's not helping at all. Well, and I think we're dealing with two sets of people here, right? Like we're dealing with adults and children, and I think that they're, you know— uh, transgendered and you know making choices about what to do with your body when you become a certain age is one thing um you know and and it's entirely another thing when you're a child yeah yeah you think about just going through teenage years you're just so confused it's just so hard already um you you have to find wise counselors people who will walk with teens and just have compassion for teens and help them just get through those years. They're just hard years. Well, and there's reasons we don't, you know, that people, the legal drinking age here is 21. Right. You know, the legal smoking age is 21. You can't drive till you're 16. But you can change your gender. But you can change. Well, no, honestly, I mean, yeah, and yeah. honestly, and, and that's that's a problem. Like we have things in place to protect kids, you know, from themselves. For I mean, for lack of experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And just, just youth and, you know, just being naive. And I don't yeah. understand how, how we could even and, and that's consider. One thing, sorry, that's one thing that the documentary does well. Because Matt Walsh, I mean, he's he, when he's interviewing people, he's fairly civil. But in general, he's a pretty sarcastic, you know, dry, cynical guy. Yeah. But the, they do gear the documentary. They, they don't they're not there to actually they don't they're not actually there to ridicule people who are struggling with this no they're not there to ridicule children right they're there to confront the adults and the so-called experts who are propagating this kind of madness and that's what i think they do really well i think so too and i want to just real quick touch on you know freud um this guy alfred kinsey who i literally like i just i mean he's dead now but like i like i just i just want to discredit him as much as i possibly can um oh yes yeah. sexual abuse on he's every the level. Sa- he, he was the same kind of the same freudian type mm-hmm. you know fulfillment through 
sex and happiness is found in, in your sexual identity and things like this. Well, he his living conditions as a child were very hmm. bad. Hmm. Um, you know, I think his first sexual experience was at a very young age, six, something like that. Yeah. Um, overly religious father, over over like harshly, you know, yeah. fire and brimstone. Mm-hmm. Um, he was physically ill with like rheumatoid fever. So he had a lot of these like, in this, his upbringing was... Um, probably you know damaging in some way <laughs> and so it, it's not really shocking that he kind of came out you know having this this view of happiness or just having just kind of this hyper yeah hypersexual like mm-hmm. view of of what happiness is yeah um so yeah i don't know i just wanted to touch on that i just i want him discredited as much as possible i think it goes back to were we really designed by god was there really a fall is there really right and wrong? Is there truth? Is there is there reality? And uh, and postmodernism and our modern kind of philosophy has said no to all those. There's no God. Uh, there's no right and wrong. There's no reality. There's no absolute truth. Um, and that has really put us in a, a situation where all we have is power struggles. And so, if anyone does want to respond to this or make an argument for it or just say just point it out or ask the question. Um, the only goal is to shut them down. And it's just too bad uh, because it's not, it's not helping. Yeah. I, I do think it's important to, you know, ask the question, where did it come from? How did we get here? And I don't think we're asking that anymore. There's so much that's on social media. You know, I think a big part of the documentary was how people are finding a community mm-hmm, in through mm-hmm. the transgender movement yeah. And and all lots of self promotion on online again because they're hurting and lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not going to have a logical, long thought out conversation on your reel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. all you're either going to find likes or dislikes, and if you find dislikes, you're going to try to shut them down. Yeah. Um, one thing that Annie and I talked about yesterday is, so I mean, first of all, another like completely baffling, you know. L- <laughs> logical misstep in this whole thing is to say there are no set genders there are no set gender roles Mm -hmm. you know anyone can be anyone but for men who transition to womanhood they 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 have long hair they wear high heels they put on lipstick they do things that are traditionally feminine you're reinforcing which this apparently doesn't exist except yeah you're reinforcing that stereotype that you don't even believe in and and women do the opposite you know like that you 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 tend towards these two these two poles but you're saying that those poles don't exist and um i i mean so so to be more helpful about it like you know, look at me for about five seconds. I, I was not into football as a kid. Okay. <laughs> I was not into sports. Um, I may have actually played with Barbies. My sister had them, yeah. but it, You're a like theater guy, I, I was, I was choir. in some theater choir stuff. Like, and I, 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 I mean, I'm going to say I, I, I've never struggled with, am I a man or a woman? Like that, that has not been a problem I had to face by God's grace, but it, it's just like, if if you want to help somebody, mm-hmm. don't don't you know if someone says oh, I really don't feel like I'm a I'm a woman because you know I'm into more traditionally guy stuff. The answer is not you're probably a guy. The answer is who gives a crap? Okay, well, and that's do so you like dude stuff? That's me. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm a woman. 
I'm attracted to men, but I feel like I'm a brosophina. Like I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I have predominantly like my, my male friends, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about can men and women be friends? Yes. Um, you know, I do the fantasy football. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like I, I, and I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm confrontational. I'm competitive. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, bold. And these are typical, you know, man traits or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's okay. I'm, I'm a woman and I can be a woman and I yeah. can be a straight yeah. woman attracted to men. And I can have these characteristics just like a man can be into theater or yeah. choir right. or, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or more sensitive or. Jordan so, Peterson was the guy that was being interviewed on the mm-hmm. on the documentary that brought that out. That yes. there's there's feminine masculine qualities and that's something and he even said that gender is just not even a helpful word to use. If your biological sex and then you have, yeah, maybe temper, different he calls t- it a temperament. Temperaments, yeah. yeah. Which are which are not male or female temperaments, by the way. They're just more common for males or more common right. for females. But those are obviously not determinant of who you are right they're they're just females happen to to fall here and and men happen to fall here on average yeah so i i had a couple notes too that also when they were interviewing carl truman and he was just again reiterating our culture says the number one goal is personal happiness he said the number two idea is i am my feelings so my feelings are my identity. So you were talking about, I feel I have these masculine traits or I have these that are more n- thought of as masculine yeah. or whatever. I'm so if I am my feelings, that's my identity. Then I have to identify with those feelings. And then number three, we can't interfere with someone else's happiness. We can't tell somebody no. Um, and that's, that's another thing that is just so dangerous because in some of these cases, you just have to say, no, no, just wait. No, you can't do that. And nobody's willing to, to say that except anybody who would challenge some of these ideas. And then you're transphobic. Yeah. Which is just, again, not helping. Um, the other thing that was brought up, I, I made a note on, was e- emotional blackmail. Mm, mm-hmm. I think that's, if you throw out the suicide card, like if you don't do this, everybody's going to commit suicide. And that, that is scary. Nobody wants to be responsible for, for leading someone down a dark path we want. But the, so that's kind of like the card that's being played is if you don't do this, you are causing people to commit suicide. And that's just like a false dichotomy. Like you said, people who are yeah. transitioning are still committing suicide in very high numbers. It, actually, they're more susceptible after transitioning because it didn't solve the, the issue. Um, but I don't know how you deal with that in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody, if, if it's your child who, who has gender dysphoria and then a counselor says, if you don't affirm and help them through the transition process, you are going to lead them to harm yeah. themselves. I could see why um, parents or family members would, would do everything they can to have, give these surgeries to these kids and things like that. But it's, so I don't know what you guys, what do you think about that emotional blackmail, throwing out the well, suicide card, and, and, and how do you respond to that? I've seen people post videos like that online. Yeah. Shame on you. Like you're saying, you're, you're traumatizing children. You're going to be responsible for when they need years of therapy to sort through this because you're saying these things on your Twitter or, or on your YouTube yeah. or whatever it is. I've seen videos like that. Um, 
I don't I mean I don't know how you respond to that like because it's clearly not a dialogue right it's a reaction mm, mm-hmm. so you can't it's not, not like you can actually engage they're angry yeah right I think the most important thing is you can affirm the humanity mm-hmm. of the person yes and, and the uh, value of their life yeah that this is a human being yes and how can you listen to them talk to them look at them hang out with them all these things without affirming this behavior and and even, even you know be able to have compassion about the feelings and the the challenge it's it's got to be so hard but does that mean we need to reorder all of society and the last 6000 years of human history that we have recorded uh that that told a totally different story in the last blink of an eye we've tried to reorient all of society's norms to um, affirm a 0.5% of the population that is, and even with all of that affirmation, I'd say let's do that if it was actually helping, but it's not actually helping. So, And, and I mean, like, uh, this was brought out in the documentary too, but in, in Canada, so so that, it can be hate speech to misgender somebody, to call them the wrong pronoun, to refuse to acknowledge their preferred gender identity in Canada it's also domestic violence if a parent does not allow does not affirm their child's identity so obviously the story that's brought out the girl is 16 I think she's 16 and she's thinking she should transition 13 13 oh yeah, yeah 13. 13 oh okay yeah. very adolescent girl and she's thinking she wants to transition and the doctors say um, okay, and th- we'll call your parents. And the doctors just want to get the parents to agree with the child. And the the father says, no, no, we're not going to do this. And the doctors say, okay, you know, well we'll, well, we'll give it some time. And they're hoping he'll change his mind, and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, the, the problem is, is you can't, puberty just happens. It doesn't slow down until you decide for it to go. So now the doctors are motivated to hurry up because they want to get hormone blockers or the opposite hormone, whatever, in place before puberty starts to take hold. And, and, the, father, and the father tries to stop this. He goes to, to prison yeah. because he doesn't want his child to go uh, through with the surgery, to go through the procedure operation, um, the, the hormones essentially. And that's domestic violence. And he's awaiting trial in November of 2022. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that, I think. Yeah, it just it reminds me of this, this story from the third page of the Bible where there's the tree of knowledge of good and evil and humans eat from that tree and they decide what's good and evil on yes. their own. Yeah. And so it's such a profound story because that's what we're doing. We're all, like, like you said before, Annie, you know, nobody's... Everyone's probably trying to do the good thing. I, th- I think so. They're, I hope they're, so. They're all, whether it's the Canadian government or the, they just have such a distorted view of what good and evil is. And we all do, but they're all eating from that tree. They're all thinking. And I think that's one of the most powerful reasons for me to be a Christian is I have to continue to go back to not what, what are my feelings um, but what does God say, and what? How did He design us? And even if there are things in the Bible that I don't agree with, or I struggle with, or um, it's outside of me, and 
and I don't get to decide which ones I want to choose and which ones I want to follow. There's just some things that, that are going to be harder for me or harder for somebody else. But there's so much comfort in realizing I don't have to make all this up on my own. And I think that's one of the things that's so hard right now is we have this whiplash of what's right today and what's right tomorrow and what was right 15 minutes ago, now I could go to jail for, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just, uh, so I, it's just so fascinating that one of the most ancient stories in the Bible continues mm-hmm. to, to speak right mm-hmm. now. Ben, I'm glad you brought that up. I was literally just thinking about the Garden of Eden last night. Okay. About this topic. Yeah. Just because it's interesting that the way the Bible words it is, um, you know, e- eat the fruit and then you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Adam and Eve already knew what was evil. Yeah. Don't eat the thing. Yeah. It's not about knowing what's good and evil. It's about, I want to be able to decide yeah. what's good and oh. evil. Yeah. And oh. so I want to be in charge. In that moment, they say, I'm God now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm God. I get to make the rules. And that's what we I mean. Obviously, we've done that ever since and we've paid the price for that. But that's that is only accelerated when you just when you stop saying that there's truth like you just brought up when you stop saying there's a there's one truth and that everyone gets their own now not only is there man-made good and evil but everyone gets to have their own version of it all the time yeah everyone's eating from their own tree and where do we draw the line I mean, like no, you can't. You That's can't. hate speech. And I, you know, I wanted to bring up too. You're thinking about protecting kids, you know, from this. There's NAMBLA, which is the, oh shoot, I can't think. The North American Man Boy Love Association or something. Yeah. Um, where that they are. Gone. Yeah. It's it's Even a thing. That name. Their goal. I know. Their goal is to end the extreme oppression of men and boys in mutually consensual relationships. But That's, of, but of course, if you're Bill Cosby, that girl didn't consent. And if right. you're Brett Kavanaugh, that that one's I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but you know that person certainly didn't consent. Right. And if you're R. Kelly, that girl didn't consent. Mm-hmm. It's but again, this is this is where the truth the truth doesn't exist anymore. You're allowed to make it what you are. Everyone is eating from their own tree. Yeah. And I, I, I think Romans chapter one says that and god gave them over you know you, you when you reject the the knowledge of the creator i mean just read romans 1 first it starts by rejecting although god has made it plain to us who he is and and uh that that he's a creator and he is a designer and he's powerful once you reject that you start worshiping created things instead of the creator and then finally you live for your own desires and then so god gives us over to our own our own devices really and says, All right, eat from your own tree. Fine. How is that how is yeah. that working out for you? And sometimes the the we just have to look at the consequence. Is this helping? Are we getting better as a society uh by by doing this? Is 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 it actually making us better people? And we can affirm all day long, is that really creating a more loving society? I thought that was just fascinating how often in the interviews they were trying to end the interview, trying to stop from any kind of conversation um it it hasn't made us more loving it hasn't made us more open-minded it hasn't made us more connected it's actually divided us even more so um for me again loving what's that saying no to somebody can be a loving thing yeah exactly you want to run into the street child no you know like i'm this is going to hurt you it's going to hurt you Yeah. yeah so I I I 
pray that we find a way uh, to speak the truth in love. And I pray that, you know, if anyone's listening to this that is confused or, or wondering, you know, I don't feel like myself, my own body, that, that we as a Christian church would help walk with that person and be compassionate and, and uh, acknowledge that, yeah, what, for whatever reason, a small percentage of the population are going to have these feelings. But, but the good news is you are not your feelings. You are a blood-bought, created child of God who's got dignity and worth, and we hope that we can show you that through through how we treat you, not by affirming something that's going to harm you. Mm-hmm. And and in the same vein, I, I know we talked about this with uh, with the whole uh, homosexuality discussion too. Yeah. But like these gender stereotypes, they exist. For a reason, because yeah. there are general temperaments sure. that follow the two genders. Yeah. But the fact that someone, you know, if there's a girl who prefers to play with monster trucks, if there's sure. a guy who plays with Barbies as a kid, yeah. those aren't helpful. And the same, you know, the same thing with uh, the whole, like, um, homosexuality thing where it's like, oh, you're probably homosexual because you're into theater and right. you mm-hmm. like fashion and mm-hmm. or, or you like... You're a girl who is his as a construction worker, and you you know right. are kind of a rough and tumble type of female. Th- 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 those things don't help. No, nope. and they don't they don't tell you who you are. Who cares if you like those things or, or what your preferences are? Those don't dis- determine your sexuality, and they don't determine your gender. That's a really important point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then how do you just yeah treat people as people and recognize that. Just because how you feel or how your temperament, that is not your core identity. Your mm, core identity yeah. is a created child of God. That's what's core. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has been a really, hopefully, helpful conversation. I'm challenging. Fired up. I, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and uh, be interested to hear the responses, and uh, we'll see where, where, where our society goes with this. The Climbing Sycamores podcast is filmed in front of a live studio audience. (laughs) There, I said it. Those laughs are real, people. If you'd like to get a hold of us here at the Climbing Sycamores podcast, feel free to email bsadler at victoryofthelamb.com. B-S-A-D-L-E-R at victoryofthelamb.com. If you like today's intro music, it's been brought to you by Andrew Lynch's song, My Name, Hello.